Hi, everybody, and welcome to Humanity First. This week's um, podcast is going to be focusing on where we're at with the COVID pandemic and all of the progress that we've made as an organization and some of the changes that we've been looking at both within the agency uh, and outside the agency and how some of those decisions uh, are going to affect the public health of not only the people at Bamsey and the people we serve, but the nation, really. So I have been, uh, I have the pleasure of introducing this week's guests who are no strangers to the podcast, Barbara Gordon and Christiana Adonzi. Hi, welcome. Hi, thank you for having us. Appreciate it. Hi, thank you for having us here. Of course, you are the go-to people for the, for this conversation, and uh, and I know that everybody knows this, but just a reminder that um, the nursing staff uh, at Bamsey have just been a rock over the last year and a half, as as our direct care staff has been, all of our staff in managing this pandemic. And when we think about what we didn't know. 18 months ago and how far we've come and how everybody has pulled together it's remarkable and you two have played such a huge role uh, in getting us through this so again I can't thank you enough and I take up every opportunity to do that so thank you um, so now uh, the business end of the conversation I suppose is uh, maybe we can start with children's uh, vaccines because when we think about uh, our nation and what percentage of people are vaccinated, we seem to be still a way off uh, herd immunity, as we're calling it, uh, in terms of a percentage of people. Being able to get uh, vac- uh, children vaccinated at five up, um, that's a huge, I don't know what percentage of the population overall, the five to 12s are, but it's going to be a considerable p- percentage of population that will be able to raise that number, that percentage, uh, so talk a little bit about that and where we're at with the with that decision. So the the C, this is Barbara. The CDC approved vaccinations for children. I think right around November six, ages five to eleven. They approved the Pfizer vac- vaccine for emergency use after several months of trials. Um, that just over 2,500 children participated in. And you're right. This is another group that will help um, get more people vaccinated and help us get to that number of greater than 75% of the population that we want vaccinated in this country in order to get that herd immunity and protection from the COVID-19 virus. So Massachusetts strong, we lead the way (laughs) in those numbers. Uh, So far, 24% of the children in Massachusetts between the ages of five and 11 have gotten their first dose. Having said that, there are many in the pipeline to get vaccinated. And, you know, when we think about the, you know, parents and and their children, you know, there's really three groups of parents to think about. There's that first group that are been wanting this vaccine for their kids and they're they're, they're right there. And the second the CDC approved it, they're making their appointments and they're on board. And, you know, we have a a second group of, of parents that, not really sure they're on the fence and they want some time to think about it they're not sure that 2500 kids in a trial is is enough kids um, to participate having said that all of this is mathematically driven and they make sure that when they do these trials you know it's it's very um, structured 
in that the demographics of the kids, you know, uh, compared to the demographics out in the community. But they, some of them probably want to see more kids and want to make sure that it's really, really um, a safe vaccine. The trials did prove that it's, it's safe um, and it's 90.7% effective. And then there's that last group of parents that are just, no way is my child getting vaccinated. And so our efforts probably should go towards that middle group that are on the fence that are going to get their kids vaccinated but need some time. Um, Clinics are running strong, especially here in Massachusetts. Some of the schools are running clinics. Um, And like I said, the the parents here in in Massachusetts are really uh, leading the way and paving the way for this nation um, to make sure that people feel safe with the vaccine. Yeah, I suppose it's a slightly different argument, isn't it, with kids? Um, you know, and, and certainly mm-hmm. I know that um, I, I was actually in New York um, visiting my child a couple of weeks ago. On every street corner, there's a vaccine van and people have been vaccine, vaccinated and kids are too. Um, I suppose it's a slightly different story. There's this story, There's this issue about, I think, myocarditis and, and yeah. some of the concerns that people have had. And when you stack those concerns up against the risk to kids of COVID, there is a, uh, there is a lesser fatality risk with kids. But there's still a significant risk of kid, unvaccinated kid, kids getting COVID. Right. The, the benefits outweigh the risks. I mean, I think when it comes to the myocarditis, they showed that one in 20,000 kids, uh, teenagers, it was male teenagers that um, did get the diagnosis of myocarditis. Symptoms range from very mild to significant, but no one died. All the teenagers recovered. And I think they're also saying that the doses um, for the Pfizer, which is a third of the, uh, the adult dose and that the dose that the teenagers received should decrease that risk as well but again that speaks to that middle group of parents that want to see more kids vaccinated and as you know safety of the vaccine never ends um, because you're always reporting into the VA ERS so what are your thoughts on that Christiana I also think that you know with every vaccine not just the COVID vaccine there's always that little risk there and so this is consistent with what we get in terms of getting vaccination, I remember when we talked about um, the polio vaccine, you know, people were concerned, whatever vaccine you bring up, autism, sometimes at some point people were very concerned about the measles vaccine and what the outcome was. So we will see some of this concern. And I agree with Barbara, those people in the middle group who are on the fence, just like most adults, when we started the adult one, um, can benefit from more information, looking at the data and the statistics and making up their mind what they want to do either way, you know. Yeah, I think uh, I, I, do, I do see a pathway to herd immunity with the kids being included in that. Um, but we still have a lot of resistance in the country at the moment. And I suppose what worries me is that, we're, you know, we're good here in, in, in Massachusetts, but if you go down to Alabama and especially the Gulf Coast, you're looking at, in those Gulf Coast communities, you're looking at 18 to 20 percent of the population being vaccinated. Um, it's more about getting that message out. And I suppose the next question is, actually, before we go into that, um, can we ask for uh, an explanation of myocarditis? Because people might not know exactly what that is. It's an inflammation of the heart muscle, really the inner layer and the outer layer of the heart that can mm-hmm. cause you know, fever, shortness of breath, um, 
symptoms that are mild to very severe, maybe chest pain. And like I said, um, many, many, all those children recovered. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you have anything yeah. else to add to that? Well, I mean, some they do have some lingering effects, and which is, you know, sometimes you have those lingering effects with myocarditis. But um, there were nothing was reported fatal at all, like you no said. No fatalities, yes. right? Yeah. Yeah, and just good to explain that. But I think when people hear inflammation of the heart, it's kind of concerning. Scary. And yeah. um, but uh, good to know that uh, everybody recovered from that. So just moving on to long COVID or long haul COVID a little bit. That we it's really interesting, isn't it? That we don't really know much about what the effects are um, of people that have, have um, survived COVID. And uh, we're listening to a piece on the radio this morning about um, a nurse actually in the ER. Uh, nurse who had uh, has 12 months she's had covered twice and she's she's shortness of breath no energy um, and she's really struggling with it and I suppose there's a lot of research that's going into this now and what's really um, surprising is the broad um, sort of uh, continuum of how yeah. people manage this this disease but what's coming over more and more is that the the vaccines and the boosters are reducing the severity of a COVID in the first place when you get it, but the question is: Is that having that same effect on the on those long haul people? Are we are we seeing less long haul effects from people who are fully vaccinated? I'm not sure if we even know that yet. I I haven't really researched, and but I've seen a couple. Um, I was doing. Um, from the studies I've done, um, the main page talked about some of the long-term effects like um, hearing loss. Yeah. Um, that's what they're researching. And taste. Yeah. Some of those lingered for a long time. And I'm sure we will find out more. But for now, the data shows that um, having the vaccine, having the booster can give you this feeling. Um, even when you have the COVID, the symptoms are very mild. Mm. And so that's what we need to you know, focus on. I think we have to look at what the data shows about the hospitals, people getting really sick with COVID symptoms, and those unvaccinated people who get the COVID and how they're presenting. And clearly it shows that when you have the vaccine and you get the COVID, which, you know, you're going to, you can contract the COVID, but your symptoms are really mild. And so I would think if the symptoms are mild, the after effects will be mild too, and you wouldn't have those long-term effects. In terms of, I'm sorry, yes. I agree with Christiana in terms of long-haul COVID. I think in general, um, viruses are known to cause long-term side effects, hepatitis, HIV, other viruses, um, coronavirus versus the vaccine, which in general causes the short-term side effects. But to Christiana's point as well, the if you do develop COVID with the vaccine on board, the symptoms are less severe. And so the symptoms for long-term should also be less severe. But you're right, more studies to be done around that. They're just diving into all of that because we have survivors of COVID. That's right. And now we have a a group to to, to study. So, So, you know, maybe we can move now into, into the next piece of this, which is where the country is going in terms of mandating vaccines. Um, we know um, that over the past couple of weeks, the federal government have made a couple of moves to that. And the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, really has said that the way out of this, the return to normalcy, whatever that is, the return to the way we were before COVID, the best path to that is uh, not testing, but is actually vaccine. 
uh, and a couple of uh, mandates have come down. One was from OSHA, which actually is uh, being contested in the 5th District at the moment, and we're waiting for uh, an answer on that. But the other one is the Center for Medicaid and Medicare um, Services, CMS, mm-hmm. who have uh, really passed a mandate for health care um, and for uh, and community behavioral health designated agencies, which is ours. Mm -hmm. And we have made that decision, and this is not without a great deal of thought, that the best way to protect our person served is to go with the mandate, which we've started and we've been messaging about. Not everybody is happy about that, and we're listening to uh, everybody's concerns about that. But but what we want to do is do as much education as we can around why we're doing this, but also present people with as many opportunities as we can to become vaccinated and boosted. And I know that uh, that you guys have been really, I mean, I see you, I think we had 120 people here the other day for one of our clinics and have been putting those clinics on in, in regions. So can you talk a little bit about that and how we're getting to give people the opportunity to get vaccinated? Well, um, I will start with that. Yes, the the mandate, it's always difficult, I think, in general, um, when a mandate comes down, right? People kind of want to be able to do things on their own, on their own timeline. Um, But the immediate threat is is the virus. um, And there's enough, you know, scientific data and studies out there that show that, you know, workers, unfortunately, you know, in different types of settings um, are at risk, you know, for the, for the virus, vaccinated or, or unvaccinated, you know, mostly unvaccinated workers. And so that's why the mandate, you know, came down. Um, I, I encourage people to um, continue educating themselves using reliable sources and trying to kind of break free from some of the social media, Facebook posts, where the information may not be um, as accurate as it should be. Um, so I encourage people to also speak to someone that they, they trust. I know Christiana is a very trusted nurse here, and a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of people have gone to her, and she's reached out to people, you know, as well. Um, speak to so yeah i i think christiana can probably speak to some of the concerns that she has you know uh, spoken to and and how we've reached out to uh, some of our staff well, you're so kind barbara but i think it's just connecting with people and appreciating what their fears are um, yeah. unfortunately we have to go to the mandate you know i wish we didn't have to do mm-hmm. that and that people would just do the mm-hmm. right thing and um but um naturally people are afraid um some of them it might sound like we've talked to a lot of people, but some people we haven't reached. Yeah, sure. And some people that want to work and they have no um, access to the vaccine. And when you tell them where they can get it, a lot of them do think about it. They think it's still out, you know, so far away from them they can get it. Um, but um, some of the religious reasons, are, you know, I've talked to a few people who they've never had a vaccine. And I tell them that, you know, you haven't had a vaccine because of the religious reason and they need to get their waivers. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I, you know, I understand that. But my concern usually is, you know, what I tell people is we've not had a pandemic 
since in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. We only read about it. Mm -hmm. And so what we can, how we treat it, how we react to it, it's all different. How the government reacts to it, it's different because for them, they haven't had one in a long time Mm -hmm. too. And so unfortunately, the country is quite divided. And, you know, some people, the most difficult people to talk to is the ones that I think politically they don't want to do it. To be honest, Mm -hmm. it's those ones you can't, it's hard to convince Mm -hmm. them about it because they've already made up their mind. Mm -hmm. Reasonably so, because that's what they believe. Mm -hmm. But like Barbara said, I encourage people to self-educate, reach out, ask questions. You know, I have a few pregnant women, people trying to get pregnant, all the stories out there. It affects fertility. Mm -hmm. You know, people tend to listen to this, but there's no data to prove any of that. And when you bring them there, there is no data. Right. Using data is the best. I mean, we, this Bamsey community, we've had really vaccinations. We haven't had any issues. Right. You know, the data right. speaks for itself. Yeah. Yeah. I do think private businesses are, in the end, going to be kind of dictating our new way of life also. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to close down again. Nobody wants to close down. Mm-hmm. And a lockdown would occur if the healthcare system, you know, was um, – going to be if they noticed that there were so many cases that would be overwhelmed again. And that's probably the main reason for a lockdown is not overwhelming our healthcare system. So nobody wants that. And I and, and businesses don't want to close down. They can't afford to close down again. We closed down. It was it was too it was a lot for people. Yeah. Uh, and so I do think that businesses are going to be kind of um, dictating our new I hate to use the word dictating, but promoting our new way of life. And I think, for example, we know somebody who's going on a cruise in a few months, and uh, you have to show your you have to be vaccinated. But not only does the adults have to be vaccinated, but the children have to be vaccinated, which I thought was really kind of way like to dictate or to say your children too. I thought was interesting well they can make that decision right they're private businesses and they're saying the best way to protect our business going forward and that's what happens in a in a capitalist society actually Mm -hmm. it is it is the desire of people you know running businesses to continue to uh, to make those decisions and like i said when i was in new york you could not get into anywhere without your card and your identification it just Mm -hmm. was not possible and these businesses aren't going to close down because of it. I think people are people want to enjoy their leisure time, and I, I believe that uh, people are going to rise up and say, "Okay, you know, I that's one business." But when everyone rallies together, all the businesses, yeah, yeah. And, and the I, vaccine is safe. Yeah, the, very safe. The reality is, the vaccine yeah. is safe. It's just that people, yeah. you know, have um, fears, and the cruise lines they suffered a great deal. Yeah, I don't yeah. think they want they to. Do take the chances they didn't there wasn't one cruise liner that went (laughs) out of boston for that whole year you're absolutely right and there are probably a large handful of older folks Mm. over the age of 65 vaccinated or not that are more vulnerable and so when you think about vaccinations it's protecting yourself but it's also protecting other people so that you know this making a decision like this is not without controversy and, and there are going to be people who don't agree with this but we are sticking to our guns with this because we know that public health-wise and uh, looking after our people and making sure that our persons served are safe and our staff, because we've looked at the CDC, uh, we've looked at the data, we know that the best course for wellness is to be vaccinated. Uh, But we will continue to have uh, listening and learning sessions. We will not um, judge anybody 
um, who uh, has strongly held opinions about this. You mentioned um, pregnant uh, or people trying to become pregnant. I think in that sense, they need to consider a medical exemption for that. One of the exemptions is delayed vaccination due to a, a condition or a, a situation medically. Um, we are going to be taking those exemptions for uh, religion as well. We're not going to. BAMS itself is not going to make those determinations. It's going to be made by a, an outside legal company who's taken advice on this nationally, which I think is the right way to do it. I don't certainly don't feel qualified myself making a judgment on somebody's religious beliefs. Uh, so I think we're doing all of that right. We just need to keep talking about it, and we need to be, keep giving people the opportunity to, vaccin to be vaccinated. Truth be told, there really isn't any difficulty for most people to get vaccinated right now, especially with the clinics, right? Yeah, so BMZ um, has been hosting clinics throughout the pandemic, but we do have three clinics, um, especially um, now that we have the mandate, trying to make it this very accessible for our staff. We have a clinic November 29th in Worcester. We have another one December 6th in Brockton and December 7th um, in Plymouth. So um, we'll, th that'll be on all of the BAMSI websites and then the BAMSI buzz coming coming up. And uh, again, I think people you know, just need to call their PCP, their primary yeah, care, absolutely. and that will be covered by insurance um, as well for those folks. Absolutely. And there is hope. We are, I believe, nearing the end of the pandemic. We still have a ways to go. We can't give up. We can't get COVID fatigue can set in. Um, but we need to, to continue moving on to make sure that this pandemic does come into an end, which it is. We're right there at the almost at the tip of the mountain. Yeah. We're getting there. Yeah. Well, thanks to all your efforts and everybody's efforts. And it's, this has been, it has been a long haul. Uh, and, it's, and it's tested our mettle. And, uh, and, but we, I, I agree, um, Barbara, completely in the optimism. Uh, we have to be optimistic about that. And we have some cause to be optimistic. So thank you so much. I've really thank enjoyed you. the last half hour. Thank, thank you, you for Peter, having us. for having us. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>